It's time for the weekly sports dump. And I'm your host, Joe Canale. All right, folks, we are at the penultimate week of NFL action, unless you count the uh, Pro Bowl, which really nobody does. So since we're talking about real football, we've got Pro Football Max, the football consigliere here with us to uh, give us uh, his counsel on what's going to happen in this championship weekend for the NFL. And we got a couple of great matchups, one versus two in the NFC and one versus three. But really, because of that game that didn't get played with an asterisk. So let's start with the NFC, because I really like the AFC game, and we'll we'll save that for last. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, a team I don't really like very much, against the San Francisco 49ers, another team I don't like very much. So why don't you talk about this? Yeah, no problem. I um you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna start by talking with the NFC championship game. I want to start by talking about Jalen Hurts because if you really think about it, 2022 has been his year. I don't think he's going to win MVP because of the games he missed at the end. And Patrick Mahomes did put up a lot of great numbers. I do think Mahomes wins MVP. But I think that just kind of adds to the long-term disrespect that Jalen Hurts has felt in his very short NFL career. I mean, you go back to draft day. On the opening on draft day a few years ago, Burrow goes number one overall in that first round. Tua goes. Herbert goes, Love doesn't go. You know who doesn't go in the first round of that draft? Jalen Hurts. And 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 he had the disrespect in college. He had to leave mm -hmm. Alabama. Yep. See, I am being pro football, Max. I I knew about that, but I didn't know about it. (laughs) But on draft day, just to be so disrespected, to be the fifth one off the board, to be four guys going the first round and you're not one of them coming out of Alabama is is a tough one. And then, you know, after one year in the NFL, and things are starting to go well, and he's starting to get he gets a little time, and he's feeling good about his coach. What happens? The organization fires the coach that drafts him and brings in a guy who just seemed not to have any interest in coaching him. The first half, the last time these two teams played Philadelphia and San Francisco, it was on um, the first month of this new regime in Philadelphia, and they just did not seem to know what they were doing with Jalen Hurts, or they didn't seem to even want him, even this offseason. When they traded and improved the team around him and, you know, everything, it was always, they built a team around him, but they never committed to Jalen Hurts. And at the beginning of this season, if you were going to ask people for a list of the top 10 quarterbacks in the NFL, no one was putting Jalen Hurts' name on any list. You might see Kyler Murray on those lists. You might see Justin Herbert on those lists. You might see Dak Prescott on those lists at the beginning of the year, but you were not seeing Jalen Hurts anywhere. No, you're right. Disrespect. 2022 has been the year of Jalen Hurts. And what is everyone talking about going into this game on Sunday? Brock Purdy. (laughs) Brock Again, you're right. Yeah. Mr. Irrelevant. Yeah. The last pick in the draft. The guy hasn't played 10 games yet at the professional level. And all anyone can talk about is how this rookie is going to lead San Francisco to a Super Bowl. Of course. The NFL loves a story like this, especially with like a little white guy quarterback. But, you know, last week. You know, San Francisco threw, scored 19 points. Philadelphia scored 
38 points. That's twice as many. Yep. Jalen Hurts passed for two touchdowns, ran for another. Brock Purdy got no touchdowns. Yeah. I mean, San Francisco, I recognize San Francisco's offense got very, very good in the second half, but Philadelphia's offense has been good all season. I'm going to read some numbers to you. Go ahead. Total yards, San Francisco finished the season fifth, Philadelphia third. Passing yards, San Francisco finished 13th, Philadelphia ninth. Rushing yards, San Francisco finished eighth, Philadelphia fifth. Points scored, San Francisco finished sixth, Philadelphia third. Philadelphia is better in every one of these categories, top five in three out of the four. Yeah. I just, I, I, the disrespect and the conversation going into this. I mean, I feel he's at home. Yeah. And Philly's at home. I recognize that San Francisco has the number one defense in football, but Philadelphia's defense actually finished ranked number one against the past. San Francisco's defense finished ranked number 20th against the past. Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown. They're, they're going to go to lunch. I, I, I got Philadelphia winning this game by 10, 27 to 17. Yeah. And it's not just A.J. Brown. You're right. They have a lot of weapons. And Goddard, Goddard is mm-hmm. a, a very good tight end. Uh, good tight end matchup in this one, actually. And and uh, Devontae Smith, the Heisman Trophy winning Alabama receiver, uh, he he's he's no he's no you know no slouch either no slouch either exactly. Just a sm- slight correction: Jalen Hurts was uh, drafted out of Oklahoma because that's where he transferred to. But we right. would need college football Max for that uh, information, and this is pro football Max, folks. Exactly. I do have one question: I, I like Brock Purdy, and. There's something about he he played four years in college, started four years in college. Mm-hmm. And so he had like, you know, 50 starts under his belt when he got in there and drafted late. A lot of every team in the NFL passed on him multiple times. It's a little it's a little bit like Tom Brady, who also, you know, started a lot in college, had a lot of experience, came in. The difference is Brady is six, five. And has, you know, an NFL arm and Brock Purdy is playing in a great offense. Yeah. You know, there's a similarity, but Brock Purdy is never going to be what Brady is because he's just he may have the same internal Mm -hmm. stuff, but it's like Doug Flutie in today's game would be more successful than he was back in the day. I still don't think he would be Tom Brady. I understand why people want to make the Brady to Purdy comparisons, you know, late drafted and lots of college playing time, as you talked about. You know, that thing you said about college playing time, that was an old Bill Parcells thing. Never drafted a quarterback who wasn't at least a three-year starter. That was a big, he really, really believed in getting that experience during that time. But, you know, I I don't know if... And um, with the Brady comparison, you know, Brady won on a team that was known for its defense in the early years. But when I look at kind of Brock Purdy, I actually compare him to a young Ben Roethlisberger. Whoa. You remember Ben Roethlisberger as a rookie was not supposed to start. He was supposed to play behind, sit behind Tommy Maddox for yep. a full year. And in week two of the season, Maddox got hurt. Roethlisberger came in. Pittsburgh after that went 14-0 and for the rest of the regular yes, season. Yes. And I remember Bill Cower, the very, very smart coach, Bill Cower. He did something very, very smart that season. He, when Ben Roethlisberger became their starting quarterback faster than they thought he would, they took every play 
over 30 yards out of their playbook. They simplified things as best they could to get this guy through the regular season, to lean on their defense, to lean on Heinz Ward, to lean on Willie Parker, to lean on some really great, great players. And bus wasn't on that team, was he? The bus was the goal line quarterback. Every time they got that short yardage or in the red zone, the bus came in to drive it home. Okay. to, To drive the kids home. And, but that, that, that year, if you remember Ben Roethlisberger, they go 14-0. and They get the bye week. They're the number one seed in the right. AFC. They go and they play the New York Jets in the first round. And they almost lost that game. Roethlisberger did not play well. They lost because the Jets field goal kicker missed two field goals in the 40-yard range in the fourth oh. quarter. That game went to overtime. And of course, won. there's a Jets, a Jets fan. Uh, just, you know, if people don't know, we're getting... This 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 is burned into your memory as a Jets fan. I'm yeah, sure. you know the offensive coordinator who didn't go for a shorter field goal in that was Paul Hackett, Nathaniel's father. Uh, but anyway, the next week they came out, Pittsburgh did, and they played the Patriots, one of those good Tom Brady defenses, and Ben Roethlisberger was clearly in over his head. Rookie Ben Roethlisberger was not there yet. Yeah. You'll say, oh, Ben Roethlisberger was really good. He won the Super Bowl the next year. He did not play well in the playoffs the next year either. No, no. He played terribly in that first Super Bowl they won yeah that was all that was Willie Parker and Heinz Ward 100% carried them to that win so when I look at Brock Purdy I see a young Ben Roethlisberger really good in the regular season because a great coach is scheming this as easily and as best as he can to utilize the incredible talent around him I mean they didn't score 20 points last week against Dallas. And Purdy, other than that one pass to Kittle, did not do anything special. And that was, was all Kittle, that pass. He overthrew. All Kittle. I mean, all Kittle. It was Purdy looked shaky in the first half, Seattle. Then in the second half, got his legs under him. Looked shaky consistently throughout the game. In the big yeah. moments, they went to the run, not the pass. Yeah. I, I'm not buying this Brock Purdy hype. This is the year of Jalen Hurts. He goes to the Super Bowl. All right. And 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 yeah, and Purdy has not played a playoff game in in an away stadium, Philadelphia of all places. I do think I do think the fairy tale ends for him. And I do think unlike Roethlisberger or Brady, whatever comparison you want to make, I don't think he's going to go on to win Super Bowls later on in his career. <laughs> I just, you know, and again, I, th- I think he's a good quarterback for, for what he's doing right now, but I think you articulated uh, what they're doing with him. I, well. I I think Brock Purdy gets traded this offseason, but we'll save that for another podcast. There we go. Absolutely. All right. So let's move on to the big game. And it's not always that the AFC is the big game, but uh, these two quarterbacks here, you know, you have two great defenses in the NFC, and now you have two great quarterbacks here in the AFC matchup. And the two best quarterbacks, I think, in the NFL. Josh Allen is incredible, but I think we saw last week a little bit the difference here. You know, just when it gets tight, Burrow's the man. Yeah, and Burrow in his third year compared to where Allen was in his third year. I mean, it's um the the leaps and bounds. He started higher and he's excelled faster. Yeah. So I, I would agree with you that we have the top two quarterbacks and. You know, these two teams played each other week 13, and I did something that I don't normally do. Um, I went back and listened to the podcast that we recorded back then after it oh. was recorded, because I don't always listen to them afterwards. Not No worries. Lie. No worries. I mean, I was here when it was recorded, you know? Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. You remember but, it, but you refreshed yourself. I did, I because I wanted to refresh myself of what I th- thought 
when these two teams played each other back then. And I, and I wrote down some notes. I said, you know, I referred to the two matchups from last year. And I said, you know, Kansas City was favored in both matchups last year. They were favored in week 13. The line has changed. They're favored again this week. Yes, they were favored, then they weren't. And and all yeah. on Patrick Mahomes mm-hmm. walking to and away from a podium, the, the line changed. A hundred percent. So, so in week 13, I said, I said, you know, Kansas city has been favored every time they've played Cincinnati and they've played well in those games. They've been in the lead or they've been tied in the fourth quarter of all those games. And yet Cincinnati find a way to pull it out. It happened again in week 13. And I think it's going to happen again this week. And when I looked at the box scores from all those games, the numbers that shocked me, I mean, shocking, shocking was the second half point differentials. And when they played in the regular season last year, Cincinnati outscored Kansas City 17 to three in the second half, 10 to three in the fourth quarter. When they played last year in the playoffs, Cincinnati outscored Kansas City 14 to three in the second half. Oh, no touchdowns. This past year, when they played in week 13, Kansas City did outscore Cincinnati in the second half. They had 14 points in the third quarter, and they outscored them 14 to 13. But in the fourth quarter, they Kansas City didn't score a point. Cincinnati scored 10 points. Cincinnati, the reason they're winning these back-and-forth games is because they are closing out on Kansas City in a way that... You know, I hate to make this reference, but in the way we always chastise Donovan McNabb and Andy Reid for not closing out games. In well, I was good. I was going to say the same thing that, you know, when it comes down to it, you would think like these quarterbacks. Again, we just we said it a number of times, the two best quarterbacks in the game, five consecutive AFC championships were Kansas City. But as haunted him in Philadelphia. This game, the championship game, is his, you know, he's made it to, t- what, two Super mm-hmm. Bowls? Two is Kansas City, one in Philly. One, but That's right, that's right. And so five, he's... Five championship games. This is the fifth with Kansas City, Um, you know, after having five in Philly. And it's just this closing it out. I don't, I, I don't know why, but this was the one back. I look back, three box scores, lined them up on my screen, left, right, center. And this inability of Kansas City to close that led or tied in the fourth quarter of all three games scored three points, three points, zero points in the fourth quarter of those games. Yeah, I think Andy Reid, he abandons the run when he has the lead. He can't run the ball when he should. He just hates it. Well, and I, I thought about that with, you know, Kansas City needing to run the ball, especially if there is something with Mahomes' ankle. You have to imagine as as good as it feels, it will get worse as the game goes on, not better. And that means you're going to need to rely on the run. So I looked at, you know, the last three games, the leading rusher for Kansas City in each one of these games against Cincinnati. The first one, Daryl Williams, 14 carries. The second one was Jared McKinnon, 12 carries. Third one was Aya Pachanko, 14 carries. He doesn't give these running backs these 20 carries. Yeah, Pachanko and McKinnon ran for 22 combined, but you want your A and your B to run for 30, 30 combined, yeah. not 22. 20 and so, 10 is what you want. Exactly. You want a much more even split than that, even if Patrick Mahomes is your quarterback. So, and who's the lead back in this? It's Pacheco. 
And I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing his name right, but we all know who I'm talking about. Yep, number and, 10. Yep, and he's a rookie this year. And all season long, he's had one game where he's had 20 carries. He's had one game where he's had 100 rush yards, um, thanks to one very long run in that game. Mm-hmm. So the idea that he's going to be able to, that they can lean on him for number one back duties, the kind of number one back duties that you need to maintain clock, as to, to drive it in the fourth quarter, the way they don't close because they don't run late. Pachenko's not the guy. Pacheco's not the guy who's going to do it for them. So, you know, the last three times these teams played, once again, the box score, Cincinnati has won by three points each time. Mm. And if, if, if Mahomes were healthy, I 100% healthy, I'd be picking Cincinnati to win by three this time. But since Mahomes is not 100% healthy, I'm picking Cincinnati to win by six. Whoa. 30, final score 30 to 24 Cincinnati goes to the Super Bowl. All right, a Cincinnati Philadelphia. I'm glad it wouldn't I mean, we do have the possibility of a third Cincinnati San Francisco, which just seems so random that that would happen <laughs> three times in the Super Bowl. Seems uh, unnecessary really. It does. It, about it. it really does. Yeah, you know, Joe Montana got his and the other ones and so that's fine. Uh that would be I mean Honestly, from the AFC, either of these guys winning, everybody is my one concern is that everyone is picking Cincinnati and and that's, you know, they could all be right. And and the line is now moved to Kansas City one. So Vegas is still a little kind of torn in all that. But it's three and oh, if he is four and oh against Mahomes, that would kind of that it's kind of like I'm trying to think of another situation where it's like Federer and Nadal, mm-hmm. you know, where Federer is seemingly the greatest, but Nadal kind of owned him. Yeah. And so, so it's, it's an interesting thing here. If, if he beats Mahomes four times, he's going to be in the, he's going to be in the all state commercials next. Well, exactly. I mean, you look at like you know, Mahomes is, this is his fifth year as a starter, but it's his sixth year in the league. Right, And this is only Burrow's third year in the league, but it's only his second full season as a starter because of that injury season. Yeah. And it's, you know, it, everyone, when Mahomes came out, I feel like Mahomes, when the drafted in 2017, but didn't play, Watson was drafted in 2017, got hurt a few games in. Yeah. 2018 was the breakout year for both of them. And this is where, like, the modern NFL, the new modern NFL is, like, set to begin, is the 2018 season. This is where, you know, the next generation comes. And, you know, who's in this generation already? We're talking about Mahomes and Burrow already. We just talked about Jalen Hurts, who's on his third year and who's putting himself in that top five, 10 category already. Yeah. He's moving his way into the top five. Yeah. You know, if you look at this, I was doing, I was looking at a list of starting quarterbacks today, quarterbacks who you would consider starters, NFL quality starters in the NFL right now. There's only 10 older than Mahomes who were drafted before Mahomes. Only 10 guys, Brady, Rogers, Cousins, Wilson. And those guys are all 35 at least. Yeah. All of them have have eight to ten years. I mean, Goff is like the youngest of yeah. that group. So there's there's a turning now yeah. of of who they are, and th- that top five is very crowded. You're going to start to see this off season. We're going to see a lot of top five lists, and everyone's going to be angry about who's not left in. Lamar Jackson, Justin yeah. Herbert, 
um, um, Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, it's true. There's Lawrence. a ton. And, and, and Kenny Pickett had a very impressive second half to his year. He's not top 10 or top 15 yet, but this time next year, we're going to be talking about how do you keep Kenny Pickett out of the top 10? It could be. But, yeah. I mean, it, it reminds me, I'm just thinking as you're talking, not to, to interrupt, but I was just thinking of, you mentioned uh, Brady and uh, no, no, no. Oh. In Green Bay. What's his love? Name? No, Rogers. Rogers. Uh, these two old guys, and and also there was so it was those two, and it was Manning and Breeze. Those were mm-hmm. your four premier, and Roethlisberger a little bit. So that was your top five, and then the arguments would start after that. I think the arguments here are going to start after the top two and run all the way through the top twelve in terms yeah. of where you could put guys. It, it's I, it's a golden age for quarterbacks, perhaps. Oh, yeah, no, the next 10 years of football are looking very strong and bright. It's funny because there was so much bad football this year. Troy Aikman said it on one of those Monday night shows. He goes, we've seen a lot of bad football this year. But, you know, it's always darkest before the dawn because there's some good football coming. Yep, there is. You know, some, oh, no, and a lot of first-year wide receivers who are only going to get better with a lot of these quarterbacks. I know it's a down year in free agency for wide receivers. Not as many are expected to go in the first round this year, but everyone who's good is still getting better. So, And that's becoming a money position, which is going to only bring more people making the decision to play there in, at that position, you know, because it's, it's starting to earn the big money. Exactly. Uh, all right. Well, uh, hopefully these games this week will provide the type of entertainment you're promising for the next 10 years of the NFL. I think I think the the matchups are lined up to be good games. So let's hope uh, we get what we're asking for, and we'll do something next week. It won't be game picks, but we'll figure out what we're going to do then. Maybe awards or something, and we'll we'll catch you then. Have a good weekend. All right, you too. Enjoy the games.